Previously in the Reclaimers, the team fought Adonis in the Perch. Orion and Johnny Eagle teamed up, forming an alliance, and perhaps more. Jackie helped Fractal to create a portal to trap Adonis in a pocket dimension while hatchling, and Technijack helped Orion distract him and force him inside. In the process, Nico lost her left arm. Regardless, Adonis was locked away, leaving the team to figure out how to deal with the cracks in the sky and the imminent arrival of the snake. Find out what's next in Reclaimers number 15. Preparations. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone in between or irrespective of that binary, welcome back to Infinity City. You can call me Elliot because that's my name. I use he, him pronouns. And I am joined today, as usual, by my lovely, fantastic, wonderful cast, including... Hey, my name is Aram. My pronouns are he, him, and I am playing Orion, who is the newborn playbook and a very good boy. And you can find everything I do at aram.gay. Hello, everyone. My name is J.V. Hampton Vansant, a.k.a. Red, Black, Golden, pretty much everywhere. And I am playing Jackie Cuervo Dawes, a.k.a. The Raven, from the Doomed Playbook. Hello, my name is Nika. I use they, them, and he, him pronouns. And I am playing Casey, or Technojack, who uses the Protégé Playbook. Hi, my name is Jordan. I use they, she pronouns. You could find the things I do and heckle me on Cuttlefish Tweet. I will be playing and always have been playing and probably always will be playing Nico Transau, the legacy playbook who also uses they, she pronouns. Claimers number 15 is going to pick up a couple of days shortly after the events of Reclaimers 14. The arrival of the snake is sort of preeminent and you all have until the raven uses enough power to let the snake through in order to get things right in your lives. Casey has been trying to come to terms with the fact that this is actually, this might be it, that we are trying to summon this gigantic, apparently cosmic horror creature into our town and are trying to destroy it so they're trying to be optimistic about it but they're pretty sure we're all going to die so i think they've been like trying to settle things in a way that if they die everybody else will be fine in their life so their main focus has been to like settle things with both their family and wireframe. Make sure their family is going to be alright if they don't make it. And then try to get maybe last bit of support from wireframe. See if he has any kind of help for us. <laughs> so we've seen wireframes in house before. 
there's a lot of gadgets around. It's a very open floor plan apartment in a sort of high rise in downtown Infinity City. Lots of like robotic arms and various technological bits implanted in the apartment to sort of ease about his day and help him make things easier on himself. We get a couple scenes and like wireframes pushed all of the like furniture off to the edges of the room. And there, like he's got like a remote control in his hands that he's pressing buttons on. And basically the robotic arms are like throwing clay discs for Casey to shoot out of the air with their lightning. The scene we are getting is the robot arms are throwing these clay discs into the air and Casey is shooting them with the lightnings and their expression is like really intense or determined, like more so than usual. They are taking this very seriously in a way that we get a feeling that there is no room for error here even if this is just training. And I think this set of discs like runs out and it's time to refill the machines so they get another set. And during that time, I think Casey goes to drink from a water bottle or something, has a little break. And that's when she like tries to hit up a conversation with Wireframe. Yeah, I think Wireframe's, like, on the other side of the panel loading discs up, and as he's loading these discs, he looks over at Casey and says, Hey, kiddo, you, uh, you all right over there? As all right as you can be in this kind of situation, Casey says, and, like, vaguely motions at the window where we can see this fucked up sky. Yeah, there's like a big bay window that overlooks most of the city. And the sky is very dark and I think occasionally like flashes of lightning. But it's not normal lightning. It's like the same purple as the Raven's magic. And Warframe looks at Casey and is just like, you don't really have to like, hell, I'm not even going to try to talk you out of it. I know you're going to be standing by your friends. So yeah, can't really give a whole lot of advice on that front. I've not, not really on the whole, like fighting gods end of the spectrum. I'm a lot more stop the bank robbers level, but if there's anything I can do, you know that I'll be out there on the front lines with you, right? Yeah, that's the problem. I'm also like not in the on the fighting god sort of level, but everybody else is and like the, there's nothing else I can do in this situation but help them. I can't just turn my back on them. I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think it's going to go well for me. But I have to try. Like, the, there's nothing else I can do. But compared to 
everybody else. I'm just a person, basically. I can shoot lightning bolts out of my hands and talk to machines, but that's not going to help me a lot when we're, like, facing this Cthulhu thing, <laughs> honestly. He stops loading up the discs into... I think it's literally just, like, a hole in his wall. Like, it looks like a dumbwaiter. It comes down and he just, like, loads discs into it. He stops loading those up and looks over at Casey again and just says, Well, your team wouldn't have you on it if you couldn't hold your own. I've not been out there with you all, but I've watched enough footage of you to know that you're a lot better at this than you give yourself credit for, kid. Maybe you don't have the strength of Hatchling or the speed of Orion or the magic of the Raven, but you got this, and he, like, puts a finger on over Casey's heart, and you got a hell of a lot of this. Casey wants to believe in... Wireframes words, but also the situation is looking extremely grim. I think we see like this slightly weak smile on her face and she's let's hope my power of heart and power of hmm. extreme sense of humor and jokes can help me here, right? And I think that's where I want to cut away from Casey right now with that unsure look on their face. In Hatchling's life, there is a mix of distraction and just getting used to this life as it is right now. Almost like a bit of like distraction and rejection of a lot of it. This isn't, oh, this ruined woe is me for her. It's more of upset that it happened in the first place like the, the process of how it happened was more upsetting than what actually happened if that makes sense so there is a decent amount of time of almost sending bitter texts over towards jackie or almost sending like apologetic okay let me go explain things over towards robin things are just not sent though because there's always this fear of it's probably the wrong thing to say. So probably going to hold back on saying too much right now. Until then, she's been on a bit of a manhunt for like specifically a type of beastly type of guy. If there's any type of beastly type of guy out there, she wants to see if there's any way that she can use that person as a contact to gain some information and also to make sure the process isn't going to be too awful because Casey did drink that stuff and not sure how that's going so far. <laughs> there is a small quick text over towards Robin of just asking, wow, wild sky right now. This city is pretty weird. And then going absolutely nowhere with that and then sending another text over towards Casey of just saying, hey, how you doing? It's pretty weird and scary, right? Notably, Robin leaves Nico on red. Very fair. Casey has replied something along the lines of, yeah, it's 
pretty scary and weird if you want to come and have some roof eggs before we go into this thing, just say so. I'll hit you up when I'm hungry. I am wondering what kind of game plan you've set up by this point. Hunts within these creations of the animal kingdom will mainly be like through social media and just checking if anything has happened with them into the news. And then after, if that doesn't work out, then mainly just like the most Batman-esque scouring the type of city thing where it's not actually about actively hunting for an individual, but more like getting an excuse to just go out at night and do things and feel like you're getting stuff done. <laughs> so it's very much the type of nighttime slithering building to building alley to alley type search. As Nico is out, like, scouring from rooftop to rooftop, looking for any of the members of Paragon's Animal Kingdom, as you go from one building to the other, you find yourself hitting, not like hitting hard into a forest field, but it very much stops you in your tracks. And you see a familiar sort of magic happen. And out from a magical portal steps a native man in a white hooded cloak. He is tall and broad-shouldered, has long grayish hair that he's got like tied back. And he looks at you and says, Hatchling, I request that you take me to find your friend, the Raven. We have business with her that we would like to discuss. This is Dr. Phantasma, the leader of the Phantasmal Force, that you know is essentially the Doctor Strange of Infinity City who is working to, like, keep the snake at bay and generally keep the dimensions separated from each other. What do you want with her? He gestures vaguely towards the sky, very similarly to how Casey did in recent panels. He says, as I'm sure you've noticed, the barriers between worlds are coming down quickly, and it is... My job is the guardian of the gate between worlds to make sure that doesn't happen. Your friend is a threat to this dimension and many others, and I need to ensure that she doesn't become a bigger danger than she already is. But, like, she's not the only thing making the sky like this, right? There are other forces out there that are doing this supporters of the snake or something else like it can't just be her fault for all of this i did send a member of the force out to detain the godling known as adonis but well the raven made sure he met with a watery prison and allowed adonis to run free for quite some time i do know that you and the rest of your team are responsible for 
getting Adonis out of here. My condolences on the arm, by the way. And mm. I do want to commend you for that. But as of right now, she is the biggest threat to Infinity City. Hatchling, I know you're attempting to do right by your friend, but I promise I will not hurt her. I just want to ensure that there's a city to release her back into once all this is done. And are you going to be able to make it so that she can handle it all better? Because she's not dangerous. She's just needs practice. Those two are not mutually exclusive. Somewhere high above Infinity City. We start high above the city, the top floor of which is a like a nice two-bedroom unit with a nice wide patio connected to it. And we come in to this master bedroom, and there's just costumes and wings and everything scattered everywhere. And at some point, Orion wraps up Johnny's wrist in his lasso and then leans in and he's, I've never been so turned on. And Johnny knows that it's true. And there's this like super intense moment in between them. And that's basically what he's been doing for two full days. So he's, he spent the last couple of days at Johnny's condo, which Johnny calls the nest, but he's let that go because whatever, he's hot. And so he's outside on this like patio area and Johnny has a telescope out there that he never uses. It's just there for a visual. And so whenever the night of sky is out and the clouds have parted, he's out there looking through the telescope at this crack or whatever's going on in the sky and just like looking, just like searching, looking for anything that he might recognize or that feels familiar. I think we get the panel of Orion looking through this telescope and Johnny comes in from out of panel towel wrapped around waist like he's clearly just come out of the shower yeah and he comes out onto the balcony with Orion and says looking for anything in particular and he would just stand up and sigh no I just I don't know I've been told a lot of things lately like Maybe my people are up there or something, and I don't know, they might be gods. And so I guess I was just kind of looking for them in the sky. That's probably sounds. I think he just kind of shrugs. He says, it's not the weirdest thing I've heard in this city, but we all want to find somewhere we belong and if you think that's somewhere up there, then oh, I no. don't know. I'm not good with the whole emotional <laughs> intimacy stuff. Orion just kind of cocks his head, almost like a puppy, and looks at him like he's like, oh, it's, no, my family's here. I know where I belong, man. I know where I am. That's not about longing. I'm looking for the people like me because we got to worry about them. And I'm responsible if any more of them show up. I'm not looking for a place to be. I know where I am. I'm on guard to make sure they don't come through. We get a smirk and he says, 
Now that I'm much more familiar with. <laughs> Meanwhile, with the Raven. I think similarly to Nico, there's been a lot of almost texts and not sending them mainly because there just isn't like a right amount of words to say, hey, I'm so sorry that you lost an arm and it was fully my fault. Also, sorry, the world's ending and whatever. Also fully my fault. I've committed a lot of crimes. This is a problem. So she's going through it a little bit, but I think as sort of a gesture of mending fences, if you will, she has gone to store and bought a lot of snack type things, a lot of like delicacies of various types. Not fully sure if she's grabbed the right things, but this is all based on like stuff that she has maybe heard Nika mention it like even just once in passing. Yeah, that sounds like a nice thing to eat. She's gone through and she's grabbed all of it. There are, there's like a giant, like a very, like a comically large picnic basket. It's full of like treats and things. And she is going over to Nico's house. Presumably while Nico is not there. Actually, intentionally while Nico is not there. She is approaching the house slowly. But, like, what we see of her is, like, her walking to the door, pausing, taking a deep breath, and then reaching to press the doorbell, then hesitating, and then actually pressing. Before Jackie presses the doorbell, the door opens, and... When she sees this, like, half-kaiju boy, she knows that it's Tommy in front of her. Yeah. And he opens the door and is very casual, <laughs> like, wearing just, like, a t-shirt and sweatpants, but looks Jackie up and down and says, Nico's not here if you're looking for her. She's, you might be able to get a hold of her on her phone, but she's been doing the whole, and he, like, hunches his shoulders up and says, I'm a dark, bloody hero thing. That's fine. Sorry, Mom says I should introduce myself before I go expositing to strangers. Hi, I'm Tommy. Hi, Tommy. I'm Jackie. Nico's talked about you before. Hey, you too. Is your mom here? Yeah. You mind if I come in? I, I wanted to talk to her. Yeah, I don't see why not. You're Actually, Jackie, right? You're not like some kind of like shapeshifter type of person. No, it, it's me. It's really me, unfortunately. Okay, just know if you are a shapeshifter, I can grow to 20 feet and definitely kick your ass. I don't doubt it. <laughs> I don't doubt it. I'm sure you could. <laughs> All right. And he like, steps aside for Janky to walk inside. Mm -hmm. But he does the whole, like, two fingers to his eyes and then points at Janky. I think in stepping in the house, she's going to ask, where might I find her? Or should I wait here? Or Oh, yeah, she's in bed. Not in a sleeping way, but she's, I mean, after the whole Obliterex thing, it's kind of like, 
she spends a lot of time like recovering, but she's she's fine. That's not like she's like sick or anything. Uh, yeah, down the hall on the left, it's the one with the TV sounds coming from it. All right, thanks. So Jackie's going to knock on the door, not like really hard, but thoughtfully, but still noticeable. Tommy, is that you or? No, it's it's Jackie. Nico's mm, teammate. Oh, Jackie, yeah. Yeah, she's talked about you. Come on in. Is everything okay? It's <laughs> a little bit of a oddly loaded question right now, but uh, it, there are some things going on. I was wondering if I could perhaps, you know, get your advice on some things, on some of the difficult things that are happening. Oh, of course. Everything's okay with Nico, though, right? I think so. At least mostly. There was, okay, there's a little bit of a story to that. Generally speaking, Nico is fine, but a couple things have happened, and people are in, are in kind of a, as a whole group, in a bit of a precarious spot, and it also pretty much fully is entirely my fault. I don't really know what, do about all of it? I should probably explain a little bit better than that. We get a couple panels of Jackie gesticulating and clearly explaining things. We don't get the actual text yeah. on the panel, but we get, like, very clearly Jackie explaining what's been going on and what is going on. And by the end of it, if you don't mind, I think Jackie's sitting, like, on the edge of Obliterex's bed. Yeah. Like, she's invited you in. So by this point, Jackie is also sobbing, because it's a lot. And she finds herself just repeating, I just don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm just really nervous about whether or not my friends are going to survive this, if they're continue to be involved in it, and I, I just, I don't know what to do. She thinks about this for a long minute, then finally speaks up and says, the one thing I've learned about everything over my time, I know you know about my history and how I've worked to change it, leave a better, well, trying to leave a better city for my children and those like you that support them. But the one thing I've learned is that when you're not on the side of good, nobody wants to come to your aid when things go wrong. But, Jackie, you... You have friends. You have loved ones. You're one of the good ones from what I've seen, and... Lord knows Nico can't stop gushing about you, and... 
She'd probably kill me if she heard me say that, but... I would advise is work with a team, and that's how you know you're doing things right. You've got people behind you, and you've got people to lean on when you need them. Have you reached out to Nico about your concerns? Not yet. That That's why I brought these. I just felt really bad about her arm, which, oh boy. What happened to her arm? We all as a team were working together to push this, well, to push a god through a portal, which, sure. And the portal, the magic wasn't really stable, and the portal did a, it got her arm, like it took her arm off, which I know she can grow, she can grow it back, and I know, I think she has partially regrown it by now, but it was part of the reason I felt like really bad, it was a, I don't know, I was trying to help, and I thought I could, and it just didn't work at all the way that I wanted it to, and I guess that's magic for you, and reliable as hell. Across the town, where Hatchling is meeting with a magic user. I think she's starting to lead the way a little bit, and as she does that, trying to go across the building, Phantasma just, like, literally walks over the air roof to roof. Oh yeah, he's... Essentially, this guy is like a Zack Snyder DC-verse type of mm -hmm. hero. Like, he full-on does the Magneto Christ walk through the air across buildings and is very, like, over the top. You also, as the two of you are making your way through Infinity City, get the feeling... Based off of the information he's had, Andy, that he would know where Jackie is. Okay. If he came to you, there's a reason, like, he clearly wants you around when he goes to meet her. Interesting. I think she'll continue, like, leading part of the way, because... There's this part of her head of not really knowing what's going to happen to the raven. But she has on her body right now evidence that the raven either needs help or a leash or to tone things down or at least something. And she's like hoping just ever so slightly that this person would be able to help along the way with that. Because again... She doesn't really love the whole magic thing. And then as she's like walking along with those, let's say that this is not enough. When the big snake god comes, how do we stop a big snake god? What do you know? Dr. Phantasma, as she's walking along, almost like very gently face palms a little bit and says, that's the part I'm concerned about. If the snake gets through, I'm not sure there's going to be a way to be able to. That can't be right. You're, like, supposed to be, like, the big expert wizard, right? Can't you, like, just 
do a magic thing to fight it with magic or do an anti-magic thing or send it to another world or something else. Like, at what point does your magic just stop? <laughs> I am but a humble master of the arcane arts. Power, unfortunately, pales in comparison when going up against the might of an elder god. Okay, is there anything else on the power of an elder god? Because clearly you're not doing it. He raises his eyebrows at Hatchling and says, Yes, and you're taking me to meet her. Oh no. Okay. She sighs and is like, finally I give a call over to Jackie. Alright, Jackie, you're sitting in the room with Nico's mom when you get a call from her. Oh, wait a minute. She's calling me right now, and that feels serious. I'm going to answer, and I'm going to answer. Just give me one second. And then Jackie answers. Hello? Sorry, I don't normally call. Hi! What is everything all right? What What's going on? Yeah, I got the big wizard behind me right now. You're not on speakerphone right now, but he is technically oh. behind me. This is not a hostage thing, don't worry. He is curious about where you are. I think he said that he's willing to help with the whole... He said that he might be able to do something to like make sure that you don't summon the snake god. Oh. We can lock her away in a magical Faraday cage of sorts and... I'm sorry, what? You did not mention that part before. Okay. So, I'm at your house right now? I am with your mom at the moment? That sounds like a joke, but I'm literally, like, literally, she's sitting right here. Oh, I'm I sorry, came, why? I came to drop off a gift basket because I felt really bad. Also, as a as side note, I'm extremely oh. sorry about your arm. I Magic is weird. I honestly kind of hate it. Oh. Like, it, it's too much. We okay. have to make sure that her dangerous magic does not escape and bring the snake to this world to destroy it. I know, that's what we're talking about on the phone right now. Please give me a sec. Yeah, thank you okay. so much. I will leave this here, and I don't know I don't know where you should take him, but obviously not here doesn't make any sense, so mm -hmm. I should clearly meet y'all somewhere. Well, that's where I brought up the Faraday cage, just to keep her inside <laughs> and keep the magic contained. Not now. Not now. As she's looking over her shoulders, like, okay, yeah. No, I think this is going to be okay. a thing. All right. Where is she? We can get this dealt with immediately. You know what? Here's the plan. I'll meet y'all at my dad's house. That's where we'll go. Meet y'all there. Mm -hmm. You sure about that? Uh, sure as I'm never going to be. All right. See you there. And... I think after hanging up, Nico is going to walk over to the destination talked about, like over at her dad's house, and is just going to look over at Phantasma. It's like, so you're just going to imprison her? That's just it? Until such time that her dangerous magics are under control and we can repair the rifts between worlds, that is... The safest course of action for Infinity City. How long is that going to take? Depending on her aptitude, it could be a couple of days or 
several thousand years. She's going to text the team and say, Hey, we've got a bit of a situation. Can y'all meet me at my dad's place? There's a chance that someone is going to try to kidnap me when we get there. don't think that will happen, but it's a possibility. But regardless, Nico is with them already. And I don't know, but I need y'all there. Casey replies really fast, like, I'll be there. Abs. Yeah, Orion sends back a video text. You can clearly see he's in bed, right? He's, yeah, I'll be right there. And then he like it cuts off as he leans over. Like, hey, and he's like waking someone up. And then he quickly puts on his new little wingsuit, and then he gives him a kiss and leaps off the roof and goes to save his friend. On the front lawn of the Raven's house, I think first thing she does is grow an additional like foot and a half, so that way, even while Phantasma is floating, she's still taller yeah. than him. <laughs> and then the next thing she does is. Just try to get a read on him and just still like occasionally just like prod with questions of, okay, so are you sure it's going to, so like on the end from like a couple days to like thousands of years, do you think it's going to lean closer to a couple days based off of your assessment? And also ask questions like, so this is not going to hurt her whatsoever. And she has like total permission to like back out whenever she wants. Right. And just trying to like constantly ask additional questions, like wondering if she totally flubbed up by bringing him here. Well, at the shortest end of the spectrum, we could attempt a ritual to draw the raven out of her. That would, well, one way or another, the problem would be solved. Will she still be magical and alive? <laughs> Decidedly does not answer that question. Then we're not doing that. With all due respect, this is a conversation that she and I will have. Okay. As long as it's an actual conversation and not just, you know. I don't forcefully enact rituals on teenagers. What am I, some sort of monster? I mean, that's good to hear. I'm just worried about her. I don't know, don't you have anybody like that? Do you just work solo or do you have people you work with that you worry about? I do not work solo, but I place enough faith in my phantasmal force that I believe they can handle whatever is sent their way. That's good. I think Jackie can handle it. I think the Raven can. I mean, like, the Phantasmal Force will be able to handle the snake then. He once again decidedly does not answer oh, that boy. question. Okay, noted. And I think that's, like, most of the conversation there. Just, like, her standing there at eight feet and him just standing there slightly hovering. All right. I'm going to assume that the raven gets to her house first unless she's intentionally trying to let someone else get there before her. No, she would get there first, but I because she's on high alert, she's going to aim towards going to the back door first. Um. So she's going into the backyard and then into the house through that way. 
And she'll also have texted Ryan and Casey to also come to the backside. I think Casey would do that. At this point, she's probably driving with the vehicle she got from Wireframe. I think Casey would like park the car a block or two away and then quietly come to the back door. Yeah, he will, like, gently and quietly open the door and be like, Hey, yeah, come on in. Great. Yeah, great. So you're going to get kidnapped? It looks like that could happen. I'm trying not to, though. Like, I'm for real, actually, genuinely trying. Um... <laughs> I feel like I've made a little progress, but jeez, I'm I'm trying very hard to not get... Oh, but I, yeah. And I think, so what we need to do right now is we need to go over there, and we need to take a look around, look at that dude, and try and make sure that... I don't know. I'm going to see this dude, and I'm just sort of hoping that I come up with a plan. I don't know that I have a plan. But I'm going to try to come up with something. and and But it, but in order to do that, I need to look out the window carefully, um, pull the door, and just sort of see. I don't know. That's the plan. I'm just going to try and see what I see. As Jackie and Casey are looking out this window... They can tell that Dr. Phantasma is very single-minded. The best way to not be taken by him is if she has a way to prove that she has this under control and that the snake isn't going to come through. Then Orion would just throw his wings open and come to a hard break, right? And then just drop to the ground with his strength and speed. And hopefully he'll be able to do that without injuring himself. Yeah, I think by this point, he's got enough practice he could land without. Yeah. That he just makes a incredibly cool superhero landing as he just basically folds in his wings, swoops down, opens them at the last minute, rockets up to them, then opens them wide to slow down so this huge burst of wind hits them and then drops to one knee and stands up. He's like, hey, guys. Hey, Ryan. <laughs> How's it going? It's been a, it's been a week. I got, a, I, got, I got a text that, like, Jackie's in trouble? In trouble is not the text that I sent or any of the phrase that I used as she's like looking over her shoulder as she's like right there. He pulls up his phone. He's looking. He's like, no, no, no. Look, she says she's in trouble and we got to come right away. And then there's like some other stuff. Wait, hang on. Oh, I didn't get that. I think you misunderstood. Okay, no. Your friend Jackie oh, no. is the trouble. Oh, no. Okay. And so Orion's like reading his text. And as soon as he hears the guy say that, his eyes shift to him and he squints and he puts his phone away and he comes in and he's like, who are you again? I'm Dr. Phantasma. I'm but a humble master of the arcane arts here to assist your friend in making sure that the sky does not get any more cracked than it already is. What yeah, so happened? Jackie's a person. Not a threat. 
right? The two are not mutually exclusive. No, no, no. Actions around Jackie may be a threat. Circumstances may be a threat. Jackie's not a threat. Just to be clear. The lack of control she has over her powers is the threat to which I refer. Man, nods. He's still look like... So trust him. He's found a new person he doesn't like. So he just kind of squints at him and he nods. He's like, all right, so what are you going to do? Are you going to cast a spell? I simply wish to have a conversation with her, discuss our options, and find out what is best for Infinity City at large. Is your doctorate in psychology? Because the sky's breaking. If you could do some magic stuff, that might be more helpful here, doctor. Again, I am but a humble servant of the arcane arts. I unfortunately do not possess the power necessary to mend holes in the rifts between worlds. But what if she does? If she would show up, we would be able to have the conversation to answer that question. Jackie's not standing at the door to open this door, but the door is opening to the house. Nico shrinks down to her normal size and then we'll just like walk through a little bit like eerie or paranoid. Right now, like things are like so on edge for her that it almost feels like walking inside a haunted house. Yo, how's your arm? I mean, it's not great. It, does it hurt? It, should be, it doesn't hurt. It, it feels like, you know, it's like, it feels like I, I'm getting used to it. Do you normally grow back arms? I should be able to. Oh, wow. I haven't done it before, but I feel like I should be able to. Mom oh, did it maybe before. Maybe you just got to eat a lot. I bet it takes a lot of energy. Like maybe no, you I've just got to like eat, maybe hibernate. I don't know. How's it work? I don't know. Wait, you're a lizard. Do you like to lay on a warm rock for a while? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, well, we can try some things, but we got to take care of this first. I am Then we'll get you back your arm. We'll get over this later. Okay. Jackie simply went into the kitchen to make a cup of tea and is now sitting at the kitchen table like, Hello. Hi. Yes, yes. Come in, everyone. Come in. Fine. Let's just sit. Yeah, Casey's also sitting mm-hmm. there already. Fabulous. Brought the wizard. Please, please, take a seat. Come on, take a seat. Dr. Phantasma, please. Wizard is such a pejorative mm. term. All right, just rolls his eyes. Okay. <laughs> he takes a seat and spins it around and sits yeah, back. St- studied wizardry in college. You gotta be br- like a doctorate. And- right, just nurses, right? I got <laughs> it. There's a solid, like, two panels of Dr. Phantasma playing down. Everyone sit down, sit down. It's fine. Jackie passes around the teacups and just sits there. I think it's across from, across from Phantasma. Orion gets up to get the milk and sugar because he puts a ton of milk and sugar in his tea. As Orion stands up, Dr. Phantasma, like, Moves his hand through the air, and the milk and sugar float over to the table. Interesting. And squints, sits down, grabs the milk out of the air. Thanks, Doc. 
pops it open, pours milk. Still doesn't trust mm-hmm. him. Mm. No, Jacqueline, I... Yeah. Believe you already know why I'm here. I do. But here's the thing about that. So, as far as me being reckless and wild and a little bit the only people that are actually able to control anything that I do are the people that are seated right at this table here. This is my family. Now, if you were to, say, attempt to take me from my family, you see why that would be a bad idea, right? You see how that would then lead me to, say, perhaps use the rest of my powers to open that portal and end the entire world on accident, simply in defense of my own self. You see how that would happen, right? He settles back into his chair and chuckles a little bit and says, Jacqueline, I would not wish to take you from your family. In fact, I would honestly like to reunite you with your family. I believe you and your father have had a little bit of a falling out, and I would like to help fix that as a gesture of good faith. Our city is much like yours. Skyscrapers reaching towards the clouds, trains roaring on subway tracks, people bustling through their lives. But there is one major difference. I think I'm just gonna run at him. Yeah, 10, 12 tendrils of flame just burst out of my chest at the guy. I figured we already established I don't care if you're a hero. I'm not even really sure if I'm a hero. Clara punches him in the face. But I need you to be heroes in your own right. Moon Harbor is an epicenter of powered individuals. From villains to heroes to everything in between, these super beings strive to shape the world for better or for worse. And often caught in the crossfire are the teenagers and young adults who try to balance their heroic identities with their mundane lives. This is supposed to be fun. We will gab, we will share some secrets, but like, no pressure. Yeah, I'm totally kissing him. (laughs) (laughs) And this panel absolutely needs to be like sparks flying everywhere. Make it cheesy. These are the stories of the young heroes of our city. From flights over busy streets to the farthest reaches of space, Moon Harbor Heroes and our spinoff line, Moon Harbor Extended, are Masks a New Generation actual play podcasts that explore the intersection of responsibility to the world versus responsibility to oneself. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on Twitter at Moon Harbor Cast.